When you're working on bigger transformational, big marketing operations projects, you can't be in a reactive state because when you're trying to implement these big things, you're trying to work on these, you just need big blocks of time, uninterrupted time to be able to do that. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Revenue Growth Architects podcast presented by CS2. I'm one of your co-hosts, Xander Broffel, and joining me as always, Charlie and Chrissy Saunders. Today, we are really excited because we have our first listener feedback question that was submitted to us via the RGA at cs2marketing.com email. And today's question comes to us from Brittany Hilgers over at Litify. So let's take a listen. Hi, CS2 team. I'd love to know, how do you know when it's time to expand your MOPS team, especially coming from someone who has a hard time delegating? What a great question, Brittany. And it is something that we think is really important to be able to cover. We've talked about the topic of growing a marketing operations team in the past, but we didn't necessarily provide a, a strong framework to understand when should you really start to look at growing the team. And so we're excited about today's topic. It actually relates a lot to how CS2 grew over time. And we're going to be sharing the framework that we have used internally in the past and with other clients as well. And what that framework is, you need to evaluate four different areas. One, campaign operations, splitting your time between keeping the business afloat with all of your campaign ops requests, and then growing the business through all of your operational and strategic programming. You have to look at your exp your expertise gaps within the team. Look at your own strengths as, as the current marketing ops person. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a team of one. Maybe you have a small team. Evaluate what are your current strengths, and then also evaluate what are your current gaps and then identify if there's a team growth that's needed there. You want to take a look at if there are new needs from the business. And that is what we're talking about with different go-to-market strategies. Maybe there's a really significant technology purchase that you're looking at making and you're going to need additional headcount to ensure that you have the right support. Maybe it's a growing team or a new segment or a new business unit. So taking a look at that internally. And then last but not least, this is something that has hit so many of us in recent, in recent years, and that is a growing need for more analytics in the business. So what we're going to do is we are going to deep dive into each of these categories and hopefully provide you some new insights in order to be able to evaluate how do I go about growing that team? Charlie, would you like to kick us off? Let's let's maybe start with the campaign ops versus you know growing the business and more of the operational side. Yeah, I think one thing that we recognized both in-house and very early on with CS2 is the need and the requirement to have people in kind of different modes of operating. Campaign operations is not only reactive, but often you are in a reactive state where there's tickets coming in from different people on the team. You're having to take their tickets in, action them, get campaigns out of the door. And yes, there is a lot of opportunity to be proactive, to be able to improve that process, work with the team, give them kind of what they need to improve their campaigns. But you definitely need to be in, in, a, in a more reactive mode because you are kind of a facilitator for everyone else's pains. Whereas when you're working on kind of bigger transformational, big marketing operations projects, like you're releasing 
a new lifecycle, a final tracking process, you're upgrading you know, the architecture, implementing a new tool, you can't be in a reactive state. Because when you're trying to implement these big things, you're trying to work on these, you just need big blocks of time, uninterrupted time to be able to do that. And if you've got messages from your field marketer going, I've got to get this email out in 12 minutes, or why did this email go to the wrong person here, or this person needs to be unsubscribed, you're never going to be able to have the time to be able to put the right effort into the bigger projects. So the bigger projects are going to always just take longer than they need to. Potentially the outcome is going to be worse because you don't have that block of time. You're going to be kind of taking it with like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And obviously that's just not the right way to build something because of the kind of the complexity of what you're trying to build. So it just puts at risk the big project. So often when companies are in this mode where they've got maybe one person or even a few people, and they're all kind of like blended doing some campaign execution and the bigger projects. What you see is that the campaigns get prioritized because that's the stuff that has like a, a very quick deadline that needs to happen. And all of the bigger, more transformational, really important work that's gonna provide like long lasting value for the company just kind of gets put on hold or takes way longer than you'd expect. So I, we definitely, <laughs> look at that as a tipping point to go, okay, we need to hire someone. We need to be able to split out these roles to be able to get dedicated focus. Yeah. Time I think also just pointing to part of Brittany's question was how do you hire when you're bad at delegating? And I think that's a really good one to start with because like campaign execution can kind of just run on its own and not be part of the bigger projects. Obviously there's a lot of campaign operations projects you can have, but if you're really like someone who struggles with delegating, you can have that person like, you know, work almost independently on those projects and that, you know, it doesn't have to take up your time with having to delegate parts of your own larger strategic projects. So if you're new to management or you struggle to delegate, that's a good place to just kind of find your, you know, your co <laughs> your co-lead, like the person who's just really going to own that campaign ops arm, but they can work with you, but not in a place where you have to actually fully delegate. And then you can be strategic too. It's also a little bit easier to hire for. So if you're early on in your maturity, you maybe don't, you know, you want to grow into your strategic role and there's not a huge team and you maybe don't have as much budget to hire a really, you know, expensive hire or, you know, senior hire, then campaigns is a good place to start because most often people start with campaigns when they're earlier on in their career. That's a really great point. And then it helps, especially when you're talking about budgets and, yep. you know, do I, <laughs> do I outsource this? Do I insource this? It just makes it a little bit easier of a conversation and it helps grow our community, which we all desperately want to continue to do, right? I think one of the one of the things that I also kind of battled when I was in house was how much do I decentralize my campaign ops and just have mm. like the the business owners do the work. And it's like, that's not their strength. You get a lot of garbage in, garbage out, mistakes get made because there's less overhead. So being able to kind of justify that that headcount to keep the quality of your campaign operations execution is really key and is a good way to be able to kind of navigate those waters. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's one way that you could sell, sell it to the business to be able to get the headcount approved. We're trying to scale our campaign execution. We want to keep the quality high. 
I do believe that there is a place for a hybrid model. It doesn't have to be completely centralized where with some of the build, like especially around like the assets, like getting the email assets done, the landing page assets done, copywriting. There can be so many feedback loops there that it's kind of good for them to just deal with that. And then the, the marketing up team does not get dragged into like, change this word, change this paragraph. And then you're just like spending all your time doing that when they can just do it. But then maybe some of the more technical stuff can be centralized, like the list building, like the actual deployment of the campaign, the architecture of the campaign, making sure, you know, the, the sync to Salesforce, so you're getting the right data into the right campaigns and stuff. So all of that stuff is probably, you know, arguably good to keep in the MOPS team. And if you're trying to then scale and you're already drowning in campaign, campaign X requests, and it's hard to get to, back to the original point, like hard to get to these bigger strategic projects, that is that tipping point because not only are you struggling to get those projects now, the company is scaling and you're hiring more marketers. This maybe comes onto one of our future points, but if you're trying to actually grow campaign execution and do more campaigns, you're just going to need, you're going to need someone else, right? And I really like your point, Chrissy, on it is a really good place to start to delegate because the, 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 the lines of responsibility are pretty mm -hmm. clear. So it's quite an easy way to go, okay, you're doing this, I'm doing this. Yes, we can interface. Yes, we have some overlap, but it's, it's pretty clear. And I think it's quite easy to delegate compared to some other things. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Let's segue that. Let's, let's jump into the changing needs of the business. Chrissy, would you like to like to deep dive into this one? Different go-to-market strategies, maybe some different technologies, different teams, different segments, anything like that. Yeah, I feel like these are some like big events that could happen within the organization. I think as you mature with a company, your marketing ops team, you're likely starting hopefully with like the foundation and fundamentals to start. But then as the company grows, you know, and your team needs to grow, there's sometimes these feelings of like there's a, an event that happens where you actually really do need a hire. And like we said, part of the hard part with hiring is just making the case for hiring. And so if you align your time to, you know, request a resource to something like a go to like a, you know, an objective for the business, you're more likely to get that approved. And so yeah, it reminded me even, you know, in my past, like I feel like those were the times where it felt like the best way to hire. So when I worked on a team, I kind of, you know, worked as the lead and I had someone in campaign ops. I had someone in analytics. I had someone handling the day to day and just management of our foundation that I had already set up. But the company wanted to be more focused on what we now call ABM or ABX at the time. We just like called it target account marketing. And so the company didn't, didn't know like, okay, how do we actually operationalize this is very like inbound focused. So I could make the case to, you know, have the, another resource who's kind of doing more of the day to day like inbound stuff. And then I myself then could focus on ABM, but you could do the inverse. If you want to focus more still being the lead or whatever role you're in, you can make the case to bring in someone who has that speciality. So and a lot of the times we talked about this and Xander, I think you mentioned it, but sometimes a go-to-market strategy also involves like getting a new piece of technology, like, like an ABM platform or like different tools to support that new go-to-market strategy. So new tech, new go-to-market strategy, you know, new growth. If you see your marketing team is growing, like you're doing a big push to grow. I know that's a bit hard to talk about right now because it's not really happening, but if your team is growing, it's still happening places and your sales team is growing. Those are events where you do 
need more people, especially on the like SDR or sales side, because then there requires more enablement, more process. You're going to get a lot more questions and just more pressure on your systems. You know, I think as you grow people, you're going to need more people a lot of the time in other areas. And we see that at running our own business, but, you know, internally it makes, makes sense there too. So aligning those like, you know, changes with at the company with requesting your headcount and then placing the right person to match where that's happening. So that could be someone who's focused on the SDR ops or sales process. It could be someone who is ABM focused and having them do that or realigning people to those objectives just makes it easier. It just makes sense, right? Like you're going to need it no matter what. And I think if you don't hire, that's when you're going to really probably see those things not be successful because like Charlie said, there's always going to be competing priorities, other things that need to happen. And so if you're not scaling out your ops resources and team to these additional needs of the business, it's really going to fail. And that's something that I think we're seeing right now. Like companies are, you know, do more with less. And that's just not really like the right thing. You know, we've talked about it more and more, but it's more like then you need to do less with less people and be a bit more focused. But if you still want to do the same and do more, you're likely going to need more people. So I think an important yeah. thing to think about in this one specifically is around, you know, when is the right time to hire, but also when is it the most likely that you're going to get the hire approved by the business? So I think when you're if you're attaching a hire to a big strategic initiative of the business, like a new go-to-market strategy, like you're expanding into a new region, like you're growing the team, like anything that's kind of like a big C-suite transformational initiative that is going to require you to hire, they've got a budget for that. Like maybe they're, they're going through a series of acquisitions. There's going to need to be a lot of migrations. Like there's so many examples for this. If you think about your company's going through one of these moments, then you need to be clear with the company and go, we will be more successful if we expand the team. Because the company's not always just going to be like, oh, we're going through this thing. I have to hire a MOPS person, right? It's probably like the 37th thing they're going to think about. There's going to be so many other things they're going to think about first before they go, we need to hire a MOPS person for some of these things. Like, you know, when they're thinking about expanding into new regions, new product lines, new business acquisitions and stuff like that. So you need to, keep an eye on that and really think from a business point of view, okay, this is a big business push. And I think we're actually going to need marketing ops support, additional marketing ops support, present your case, right? And then try and get the support aligned with that new new objective of the, of the overall company. What a great point. I, I remember early on in my career, I definitely didn't speak up the way that I should have. And you just, I just kind of assumed like, well, if we're growing this much and we got all of this funding, of course, the operational teams are going to grow as well. And, you know, it's just not the, not the thought process that comes if within the ops teams, you're not building the case and, and really defending yourself. So take those opportunities for sure. One thing that we were saying was just making sure that you're not, you know, only aligning it to like a specific technology. Like if you are getting a new tool, Finding somebody who has like the business acumen for it, they're going to learn the new tool. And then you're not just kind of like pigeonholed into, well, if we get a different tool, we're going to have to get a different hire. Um, that's that's definitely not the area that you want to be stuck in. Yeah. So Charlie, 
we talked about kind of the, the the changing needs of the business, but one thing that we didn't talk about was just looking at your own skills and and expertise gaps. Can you help us kind of identify yeah. and navigate those? Ones? I always like to say a bit tongue in cheek that every every malt person is a is a special snowflake, right? Everyone has got the most unique kind of skills and experience and expertise, and and the reason being is this: it's just so much stuff to know like we talk about this a lot like maybe i'm biased but i don't know like what other discipline especially in the go-to-market team you where you need to know so much stuff like even sales ops is, definitely has a narrower focus a lot of revenue ops these days is just rebranded sales ops mm-hmm. so they have a narrow demand gen narrow focus sdrs narrow focus. like everyone has a narrow focus but marketing ops you need to know arguably just as everything about revenue ops if you do use the broader definition analytics skills you've got to have like the analyst skills to go with the analytic skills you've got to have the go-to-market expertise across the different go-to-market strategies you've got to have tech stack expertise you've got to be able to align with stakeholders have all the soft skills the hard skills it's just so much that everyone who comes into you know the role they've grown up over the last x amount of years and they've picked up different skills along the way so every single person has a different skill set so the trick is to really try and understand, you know, maybe you're a MOPS team of one, like what is your skill set? What are your strengths? What do you lead into? Be honest with yourself. Like, are you more on the tech side? Like, are you, do you like kind of like building process and trying to implement the tools and stuff like that? But you're not really an analyst where if someone put a load of reports in front of you, you're going to struggle to pull out the insights and try and drive change through the company. Are you more of an analyst? where actually tinkering around in the tech stack isn't, doesn't really interest you as much. You want to kind of drive business decision-making through analytics. Are you more, do you like just working with the broader team on campaign execution and so on and so on? There's, there's so many different skill sets for you to be able to think about. So be honest with yourself and try and categorize yourself because yes, you need this broad skill set and there's so much today, but it is... I think you do have to get to a point in your career where you understand like what are your strengths to be able to kind of like double down on some of those areas. It's kind of like, I think it's, is it called like the T-shape marketer or whatever, where you've got to go like deep in some stuff, but you know enough about everything else. So, and obviously as you grow up through the the levels and go to like director, senior director, VP, like the kind of, the, some of the stuff changes and the, maybe there's a little bit more reliance on soft skills at that stage in the past where when you're growing up and you're doing a lot of the work is there's definitely a big focus on the hard skill so being honest with yourself and trying to figure out where you fit into that and then go okay what are the needs of the business like every business has needs for expertise and skill set from the people who work for the business so therefore do you cover all of the needs for the business is the cmo asking for a lot of reports and and needs an analyst but you're not that person trying, but you're just not working. This is not working for you. Then maybe it's time to hire an analyst. So going through all of the examples that I went through earlier and trying to figure out how can you augment the skill set either through a hire. I mean, obviously agencies can support with of skill set augmentation, but I think just figuring out the strengths of you and maybe if you're more than a team of one, the strengths of you and your team to figure out how can you plug the holes because it is a business risk to have gaps where they need to have skills. 
So it's your job to mm -hmm. figure out how to close those skill gaps, to make sure the business has access to the expertise it needs to get these projects done properly. Yeah, I think of this too as like the, and I, I always like going back to Brittany's point of like not being able, like without having to delegate too much and looking at with CS2, how we've evolved our team as well, parallels to this one actually to all of them so like we have a separate part of our business who runs campaign execution campaign operations because we just know the client lead like needs to stay strategic build a roadmap our marketing ops folks have enough projects coming from there to focus on and so it's a very specific domain that can operate separately in this case too with expertise i think that's like where as we were growing up you know we had it was charlie and i independent consultants working with bringing on people on the team. And then we also saw, okay, where do we have a gap in our skill set? And that was usually around like Salesforce development. And we would contract some of it out. We had a really good relationship, but we found, okay, we have enough of this work and needing, you know, more of a stronger skill set on the CRM side, specifically Salesforce. That's all our customers were using. And that's when we decided to hire, you know, in that on that discipline and really build out that team. And so it just makes it for us as an agency, just be able to match the demands uh, and needs of our clients. But our clients are likely similar to, you know, the companies that you're working with. And so really trying to identify, like, is that a similar need? Okay, well, let's go hire someone who has that. And so it makes it very, very clear as a project comes up where people should, you know, focus. And that that requires less delegation. It's very easy to figure out where that work should go to. Yeah, that's fantastic. We talked about this a little bit just in terms of the gaps, but let's let's dive in a little bit deeper on the analytics and and all of those requests. I always break this down into four pillars of, you know, process, technology, data cleanliness, and then also data analytics. And just like finding like, where do you fit? You know, and when I say data cleanliness, I mean like data stewardship and like building out processes for that, right? I don't know. Analytics has always been something where I can do it, but then I talk to an analyst and I'm like, wow, you can do it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, you know, that's that's definitely an area that, our CMOs are getting more data-driven. Our mm -hmm. heads of demand are more data-driven. Our SDR teams are more data-driven. And having somebody really in-house that can provide that, that expertise is really key. So maybe what are some of the things that, that you start to look at where maybe you're not providing that next level of analytics that might be good? Yeah, I think we like to call this out specifically just because it is such an important part because it's related to the skills gaps where potentially you have the skills gaps on your team. But I think especially over the last few years where companies have been trying to get data-driven and also way more accelerated when more recently companies are really having to prove, or sorry, the leadership of marketing and the marketing teams are really having to prove stuff is working. We've always liked to say in the past, you know, marketing analytics is generally best suited to improve what you're doing as opposed to prove. But right now, a lot of CMOs are going to be out of a job if they can't prove. So the demands are there, like amplified and amplified. So it is critical that you have someone that can be fluent in the data and can tell a story and analyze the data. And often 
marketing ops people who have grown up in like implementing Marketo and HubSpot, et cetera, and kind of like expanded their skill sets into like some of the more strategic, bigger strategic projects. That is like either their next stage of growth where they can grow into it, or maybe they don't actually even naturally fit that role, which is why some companies even hire analysts who haven't worked with marketing data before as their analyst, which is going to do, you know, maybe more than just marketing data. That has its own problems because marketing data is quite unique and you need to understand like what is a funnel and what is attribution and stuff like that to even do a good job as an analyst. So I still believe in finding like a marketing analyst that understands, you know, B2B analytics and KPIs is the best route to go. But it is just such an important area for a CMO and a business to be successful and to keep kind of everything else operating properly, like keep getting budget, understanding where budget is going to be allocated, operationalizing and optimizing the team, and actually obviously driving revenue in the most efficient way. So that's why we like to call it out specifically. So if there is a lot of demand in that area, which there probably is for most companies right now, and it's often a C-suite demand, back to my original point, if, if, if it's a demand from the leadership of the company, then you're more likely to get the headcount approved. So maybe the answer to when is the time to grow your marketing operations team, the answer is when it's most likely to get approved. <laughs> And maybe when it's likely to get approved is when the C-suite <laughs> is asking for something that maybe the current team is struggling to deliver. Yeah. I think also just looking back on on working in-house, I think that there's only a certain time where you can actually still handle like everything and do the reporting for the business. I will say like when I've had to do all of it, I was very much like losing sleep, working really late and things like that because a lot of the times is that you have to report on things at a regular cadence. You need to be very focused on the data. So I will say like if you're getting an analyst, having someone actually comfortable just with like the data and data strategy could be really useful too. It's like a two for one because your reporting is only as good as the data that you're using to do it. But, it, you know, you have to do things on a regular cadence. I had times where I had to do reporting meetings every Friday. I had to prep that weekly. I had another job where then it was forced to do it on Saturday. That's another story. But like a weekly cadence, you know, monthly cadence to do more intense board reporting, quarterly, you know, half year. So it, that's a lot of work that goes into that. And so if you're constantly not let alone having some, you know, ad hoc requests that come through. So if, if you're just trying to manage that while also getting strategic projects out the door it's just so hard like you're just going to be so burnt out by the end of it or something's going to take precedence usually that request from your cmo like you said this is usually someone who's requesting that data and so when i had had times where someone just came in and helped you know run that but then i was part of you can still be part of that work you can work on the storytelling with them like because a lot of the time an analyst is actually not very good at the storytelling so you can flex that muscle there and actually, you know, work together to figure out, okay, how are we going to present the data? Oh, you know, you might be closer to knowing what's going on with campaigns and things like that. So you can actually provide insight to the team. You might change your processes based on what you're seeing in the data. So there's very much a partnership there. But the person who's actually doing the work to to pull the to pull the reports, get dashboards together, make tweaks, do ad hoc reporting, board reporting, all that. Having someone dedicated to do it will just be so much easier. Just be so much less. The Saturday 
reporting that was for the CMO to get it done just in time for him finishing his golf round, right? Yeah, it's normally it was normally on Sundays, and then sometimes it had to be Saturday, so because he golfed on Sundays, so yeah, that was not a great time. <laughs> but, What's but work luckily, life balance? I was single, had no kids, no responsibilities, so somehow it can handle it. But I will say, to get around that. You know, just do it on a Thursday night. (laughs) Not even night. Do it on a Thursday. Get ready for Friday. Have someone dedicated to it. That's what I mean. Avoid the nighttime and the weekend work without having a dedicated resource. Yeah, Charlie, you bring up a really good point where sometimes there's problems of having the analytics team not actually know marketing data. And the other thing that I was going to say is is sometimes you will, you will have these conversations to build the case of bringing on a marketing analyst and maybe you have a team of analysts. Mm-hmm. I think that it's very important that you have somebody who's who's reporting into operations because so much of the data that you work with on the marketing side requires a lot of setup and making sure that all of the operational stuff is working well. So there's always that really close relationship anyway between the marketing operations side and marketing analytics, just bringing that all together, making sure that you're reporting on the right things that, you know, sometimes the analytics team thinks that a a field's being set and it's not being set properly. So just always having that kind of hand in hand lockstep methodology, I think is really important. All right, Chrissy. So we talked about the framework just Again, overview, we have campaign operations. Take a look in there. Look at your own skills and where those skills have gaps. Take a look at evolving business needs. And then finally, with a special focus on analytics, marketing analytics, and how important that is. And finding if you have a a gap in that in your current state might be another great place to be able to uh, start the growth of your team. But Chrissy, what should I do? How can I how can I take all of this information and really make it actionable? Yeah, I think that the next step for you is to kind of take a look at the skills across your team or where the needs are for the business. So taking a lot of what we've already talked about today and seeing, okay, if I'm going to make a hire, how do I, you know, fit into any of these four categories? Like what's the thing that's like really like showing true. So am I spending a ton of time on campaigns that I'm not getting strategic projects? That's probably a good one to start with to make the case to get someone focused on campaign operations. Are you seeing just like a really big skill gap with it? Like for yourself, that's being a big pain point. You can't actually execute on the projects that you need to do. It might be worth looking into making the pitch to get that person with those skills onto the team. And then is there just you know, is the business growing? Is there a big initiative? Can you, you know, latch on to that? And so then aligning that piece and then so forth with analytics. So, because it's not just like you're a one person hire and you're trying to figure out, should you hire, you know, another person? It's, you know, some of you might listening, listening right now is like, I'm really feeling some pains that I feel like we need another hire, but I'm not really sure how to really tell or articulate or find the story. For So for us, it's really trying to figure out where the needs are, who that person is, being really clear on multiple people, and then trying to make the case for the business. Because right now, it's really hard to make the case to get more team um, members. But also right now, it's a really great time to hire. Like, you know, 
I mean, if things were high a year ago, it's like, you know, buy low, <laughs> sell high, but way better right now. If you want to get some good talent, there's some really great people out there. And so if you can make the case to align it and they're going to have a purpose and it's really going to drive growth for the business, make the business more profitable, which is what everyone's trying to do, or at least, you know, get more revenue, do that. But you, it has to make sense. So I think doing that assessment, and trying to align to the our framework, that four pillars to see where there's a need is going to be really useful for making the case. Chrissy, Charlie, thank you so much for joining today's episode. And thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you like today's episode, please leave us a review, share it with a colleague. It really helps us a great deal. And thank you to Brittany for writing in today's question. If you would like yeah. to ask a question and have us answer it on the podcast, send us an email, rga at cs2marketing.com. You can send us a video, an audio recording, or just write to us and we will read it on the air. We greatly appreciate it and have a great day.